Hey guys, and welcome back to the Big Prepper Podcast. My name is Stephen Pritchard, and I'll be your host for this episode. Guys, I've been I've been thinking about all this. You know, everybody's been talking about the stimulus, and everybody's been talking about the number of people that are unemployed, and you know, you get to thinking about how it's going to affect the economy because we're seeing a lot of places that you would think aren't essential that are really, to me, are essential. Um, just, I mean, just for some examples, you know, when the doctor's offices, you know, open back up, especially dentist office, dentist and vision, it's going to probably be a three month wait before you can get seen because it's been so many people. We haven't been able to go to the dentist or the eye doctor in, you know, probably two months, maybe longer than that. So now everybody who had appointments has got pushed back. Everybody that now needs appointments, they're going to want to schedule. So it's going to be a few months, I would suspect, before you get to get in one of these places. And now an interesting story I saw was it was mostly related to chicken. But um, I work in a city that they have a chicken plant. And they've had to basically close because of the risk of coronavirus. So there hasn't been as lo- as much chicken flowing through, you know, the pipelines and stuff. So the thing of it is, is they've, they're now reporting now that, you know, there's a big shortage or there's going to be a big shortage of meat coming up. And you're going to have a bunch of people, you know, it's summertime. They're going to want to barbecue. They're going to buy extra meat to cook. Um, so right now, like I, what I would say as a prepper and for anybody who's listening, who is a prepper or anybody who is just listening to find out, you know, my thoughts on what's going on in the world, guys, I would go ahead and stock up on some meat. You know, I'm not saying go and buy a thousand pounds of meat, but you know, if you buy a pack of pork chops today that you're going to eat this week, go ahead and buy a second pack. And I know meat is more expensive than, say, rice, beans, and all this other stuff, so it's going to be harder for a lot of people, especially since a lot of people are still under quarantine, they're still not able to go back to work. You know, I understand all that. And meat is not a necessity. You don't have to have it every single meal. But I would like to think that we would be able to get some meat. So I would try to get a couple weeks worth of extra meats just kind of stored. You know, they have hamburger meat. Um, right now, you're probably not going to catch any sales, but hamburger meat is relatively cheap. Uh, you may can cut back on the amount that you put in your dishes to save a little bit. Um, at first, I was buying the big, like, 10-pound rolls of hamburger meat to kind of save a little money. You don't save a lot. Um, but you can save some money and then I would divide it up into like two pound bags because that's about what we use when we make casseroles and stuff is about two pounds of meat. Now, of course, our casseroles last us, you know, a few days as well. This isn't for one meal, but you know, that that's kind of what we do. But in the long run, I stopped that just because I'm, I'm starting to to look at, you know, how much time it takes me to do something and how much time could I use doing something else that to me is more valuable, I guess you'd say. 
So I just buy the little small one pound containers and I just take out as many as I need and defrost them and use them. It's really simple to me, but you could be looking at a dollar a pack, you know, more than what you or a dollar a pound more than what you would spend if you would have bought a giant roll of it. So just just kind of be aware of that. But that's that's one way to kind of save, especially if you're sitting at home, you're not doing anything else. You know, it's not like you have to find time to, you know, spread all this stuff out. So um, that'd be one thing. I'd be looking into chicken. Um, chicken, I think, is the one that they're saying that is probably going to be the sellout first. Um, if you just got to have chicken, you know, I mean, there's other meats out there, but you could just stock up on a few things. Like I said, I wouldn't do no more than like two weeks worth just because. You can stretch it, you know, you don't have to have meat every single day, but it's going to be a hindrance. And I feel like if we start to see cases rise again, it's going to be a big fight against, you know, going back to work. And it's going to be a big fight um, with nurses as well, because if if they get overwhelmed and the states won't close again, you know, I I feel like there's going to be a lot of strikes which is, is going to be great for me because that's going to mean I'm going to be making top dollar pay. But there's going to be a lot of people who just, they can't do it. I recently, the hospital I was in, um, I got floated over to a unit that had COVID patients. And I was told that no one that floats to a unit that has COVID patients um, will take COVID patients. It'll only be the core staff because they've been, like trained extra on how to deal with all of these COVID patients. So I was like, well, that's, that's cool. But if we get overrun, you know, there's not going to be any, you know, any flexibility really that you're going to have to take them. So there was this girl in the unit that I happened to work with that she was taking care of the COVID patients and uh, she must not have done something right. And uh, she contracted uh, COVID-19. So, she, she contracted it, and then another girl I work with in my home unit contracted it. And someone messaged me the other day and was like, hey, are you sick? Because we're trying to figure out there's a girl across the hall that has it, and then there's one in our unit, too, that has it. So we're trying to see, you know, was it, are you sick? Or, or could you be the one that brought it? And I'm like, no, I'm not sick. I don't feel anything. You know, I, I haven't even come in contact with it. I don't even go close to those rooms. You know, I'm like, maybe the girl that I work with just found it in a certain, a different way. It just so happens that, you know, she's the one that goes out and runs errands for her family. And she's the one that, you know, I see her wearing a mask, but it's not all the time. And not saying that she's doing anything wrong, but it's just so easy to catch it. You just don't know. You don't know where it came from. Uh, but you know, she's got that. So I would, you know, we're hoping the cases die down just because it's getting warmer weather. It's going to be a little harder to transmit, but there's going to be a lot of people right at first. And I I think that's going to be the worst part. There's going to be a lot of people that, you know, they get off of quarantine and they, everybody heads to one location and it's just this big, huge festival or music festival, something like that. And then it's like after whatever festival, you know, 6,000 people, show symptoms of coronavirus and you know that's the bad thing is you're gonna have to process all these people you're not gonna be able to just take the temperature now you're not bad enough go home 
like you're at to process all these people so ERs are going to be backed up they're going to be you know like crazy and they may have to take clinics and just you know give them like parameters and say hey if this person meets these parameters you know they can become a direct admission to the hospital and there's there's places that are starting to do elective surgeries and that, that's the only the big problem i have is you know you're gonna you're gonna start everything back to normal with hospitals so now you're gonna have less beds because you're opening surgery units back you're you know open up the surgery department you're getting a lot more nurses back to work you know that's a good thing but the problem is is now if we need those beds they're not available so now you fill up with COVID patients you don't have beds for other types of patients you don't have beds for really serious COVID patients you don't have beds for people with heart disease and dialysis problems and you know problems breathing and things like that and for the most part they're going to be shoved in the ER and if it's really serious, they may be getting taken care of in the hallway. People in the ER might get just, dis, you know, dismissed. I don't, you know, I don't know what's actually going to happen. It's, you know, a pandemic. I don't know the exact rules, but it's going to be a lot. Um, it's going to be a lot of lawsuits filed. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of places that have just been saying that they're going to sue the hospitals for not like providing them with proper um, personal protective equipment which I don't think it's going to go anywhere because, you know, the entire world is short, basically. So I just don't see it happening. You know, it's beyond their control. If it's one of those things that they just fail to do it, then, yeah, you could get sued. But I just don't see them winning a lawsuit against that. Um, so let's see what else. Oh, I also heard um, they're going to make an app on your phone or they may have already made it, I think it's in certain countries, that if uh, you get diagnosed with coronavirus, you put the app on your phone. It's, it's not mandatory, you know, it's voluntary, but you put the app on your phone, and then other people are able to look at their phone and see who's around them with coronavirus. And I think that's, that's, a, that's pretty neat, you know, but I just don't see a lot of people doing it. You know, if they made it mandatory that you had to do it, that's different. But the problem is now you need people to go check all that. You need people to run the app, which could, you know, malfunction. And then you're going to have people even more paranoid. Because, I mean, I, I guarantee you, you're going to go to Walmart. If everybody participated, you go to Walmart, there's going to be people around you with coronavirus. You know, people are going to freak out. They're going to pinpoint who it is. And then, you know, who knows how how detailed it is as well like because a lot of times especially with like google maps and things you can only zoom in so far so maybe the dots are like within a mile radius or five mile radius or who knows but you know i haven't looked into it that deep i think it's a good idea if everybody followed it but at the same time if it's only going to show you five miles ten miles away then it doesn't really benefit me. I mean, I, I pretty much understand there's people around me with coronavirus. I live probably three miles away from the hospital. I'm sure there's going to be coronavirus there. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I just, I'm ready for the economy to get back. Um, one thing I'm doing is, and I'm not afraid to, 
to express this. I don't think it's going to affect anything, but I'm buying up some oil company shares and I'm buying up uh, Carnival Cruise Line shares. I haven't looked at any of the other cruise lines, but Carnival is probably the cheapest. And Carnival is going to be one of those ones that they're going to open. They're, they're going to open regardless. Now, I've seen that they're going to, you know, for a little bit. They, say, they don't have a time limit, but what they're saying is they're going to basically allow people to get on their boats, but you're going to have to probably wear a mask, and it's going to be like a limited number of people, which to me probably means that at first the prices are going to be like extremely cheap, and then they're going to run like a test run, make sure everything is good, and then probably the next time they do it, Either they're going to increase the number of people that can go or they're going to increase the prices because the demand is so high. And they're going to continue to do that. And I just see that stock going up. I bought in at, um, I tried to buy in at $11 and something. And I don't remember what happened, but it didn't go through. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what was going on with that. But the next day I went to check it because I saw it jump to $12 and something like 12 25 and I was like, I already made money. Well, then when I went to check, I was like, I don't have any, you know, stocks of this. I don't know what happened. So I went ahead and, you know, went back and repurchased it for a little higher price. But, you know, I'm, I'm suspecting this stock is going to be upwards of, you know, $50 and $60. You know, it's going to come back around. And I think right now, it's probably one of the best times, you know, go ahead and look at some of these stocks that have fallen. Look at some of these department stores and different things like that. If you want long-term, look at some of these department stores and things of that nature that you know are going to be fine. You know, they're not struggling. Do a little research, but look at the ones that aren't struggling and go ahead and buy in now and you'll have a good little cushion. You know, you'll get a good rate of return and you know, it'll all be good because once all I'm telling you, once all this stops and everybody gets to go back to work, the economy is going to be booming again. There's going to be places that normally don't do a whole lot of business. They're going to be booming and it may take a week or so. But I'm telling you, restaurants, they're going to be hitting. That's going to be that's going to be a big deal. Restaurant prices are probably going to go through the roof. Uh, movie theaters, they're probably going to get more expensive. You know, I don't see people keeping the same prices. You know, I see them, they're going to raise the prices. Then when when it starts wearing off, they'll lower it back down to try to get the customers back in. Of course, that's what I would do. You know, I mean, that's, that's the smart thing to do. It may not seem right to you, but that's, that's kind of what you do with supply and demand. But, you know, they're going to have that. Um, other stocks, you know, oil is kind of, it's kind of iffy. I bought a stock. It's a uh, noble drilling. I bought a few. I didn't buy a lot because they were like $6. I want to say a share and they were running. I want to say it's 20 something or 30 something dollars a share. And I usually do this with hospitals. Uh, with hospitals, I normally buy right before flu season. And then during flu season, I, I get almost the end of flu season and I sell just because during flu season, especially if the flu vaccine doesn't work, hospitals are showing profits most of the time. 
just because it's so many people in there. And having worked there, you know, you see all these commercials, it's like, you've noticed this and this, so you're just trying to put some skin in the game type deal. It's the same type thing. If you start noticing all of these places making all this, you know, extra money, getting all these extra customers and things like that, it's happening everywhere, their stock price is going to go up. Now, how far to go up, how far to go down, you know, if you get in the stock market, you can't be afraid. You know, as soon as it dips a little bit, you can't sell because there's there's highs and lows. And sometimes it, it gets high and it drops really low and then all of a sudden it skyrockets. I mean, you guys probably remember Bitcoin for probably a month or so. You could buy Bitcoin every single day and every single day it would go up. And it went up like just crazy, crazy amounts. And then all of a sudden it just cut in half and it hasn't went back since you know and it's just crazy but that's how it is you know i don't know anything about cryptocurrency i've tried to learn about it i've tried to understand how it works i don't know for a prepper's point of view um if you really think that stocks are going to be around you know during a huge crisis if that's what you're panicking you know preparing for um you know, go ahead and get in there. But if you don't think they're going to be around, I wouldn't waste your time. And, and uh, I used to, I used to preach to everybody, get in real estate, get in real estate. And now they're not letting people get evicted. They're pretty much, if somebody's in your house, they're staying there for free. And it's either you forgive it or you try to find new tenants. And when you find new tenants, it costs you money because now this person has to move out. You have to evict them. You have to give them notice. So you're wasting another month or two trying to get them out, but you're not getting any money. Then you're having to come in, and hopefully, you know, it's not a three-month turnaround with fixing the place back up, putting it back on the market, finding qualified tenants, all this good stuff. Hopefully, it's not a three-month turnaround, but if you think about three months, you know, Jeez, man, think if you're in California and you're renting for 3000 a month, you could lose nine grand plus repairs. That's a lot of money. So would it be better just to keep this person and then three months you get your nine grand? Just just forgive it and say, look, I'll forgive it as long as you keep paying. If you if you don't play, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to come after you for the rest. Or I want, you know, try to work something out with them. But... I feel like they're just going to have to forgive it. I think it's going to be way too many people. I think it's going to tie up the court systems. I think they're just going to say, you have to be forgiven. And they may put out some other kind of landlord bill or something like that to try to help. You know, you can recoup half of your costs or something like that. But I just don't, I just don't see, I don't see them being able to sue for that. That's just, it's just going to be too much. And plus, it's probably not a lot of people is going to be able to pay it back. I mean, would you rather, you're going to have a nation that has, every single person has a, a hit on their credit. And so now what, like, you just ignore it? Or do you, what do you do? Or do you not let anybody rent ever again? It's just how it's going to be. So, oh, guys, just some thoughts just kind of popping in my head as I was driving. I'm going to continue to drive back to Iowa and kind of see how the thing is. The cases have kind of skyrocketed there. 
So uh, we'll see what's going on there and see what's happening. And I'll kind of catch you guys in the next episode, maybe later today, or maybe if I get bored through the week, we'll we'll do some more. But I apologize for not uploading, you know, earlier on. But I just haven't had anything to talk about. I've just been trying to, you know, pick up on a few things and hopefully be able to make a good podcast for you guys. And one of these days I'll sit down with an actual written podcast and we'll have it a lot more organized, a lot less scatterbrained, and probably be a good good episode for everybody. But thank you guys. I appreciate everybody that listens. Um, appreciate all my listeners. As I say, I don't make much money off this podcast. It's more of just a way for me to kill time as I drive to work. But I appreciate everybody that's listening and hope you all are safe. Hope you all have someone to lean on during these hard times. So thank you guys once again. and I'll catch you guys in the next one.